we all like to achieve a balance between mind, body, and spirit, and find that key to everlasting inner peace, that's exactly what today's episode is all about. Unlocking the keys to achieving that state of inner peace and balance between mind, body, and spirit. My guest today is international best-selling author, speaker, and holistic health expert, Ambika Devi. Welcome to another episode of the Be Well, Be Safe, Be Happy, Eat Ice Cream podcast. This podcast is about living a healthier, happier, more fulfilled life. Every week, I interview a different expert bringing you the best in health and well-being, relationships, mindset, personal growth, and more. Whether you're looking to overcome depression, lose weight, find your true purpose in life, or be the one to attract the one, this podcast has the strategies, tips, and advice to help you unlock your true potential and go from surviving to thriving. And be sure and stay to the very end for a special free offer. Ambika, welcome to the Be Well, Be Safe, Be Happy, Eat Ice Cream podcast. I'm so happy to have you here today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Brad. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, I am just super stoked and and excited to have you here today. You can't see it through my long sleeves, but I got goosebumps underneath. We were talking a little bit off camera and you have got an incredible background. I mean, we were talking about all your travels and your studies and holistic uh, health studies and everything. And you've got so much I already mentioned. I'm going to have to have you back on the podcast because we won't get it all today in one episode. But one area I really want to focus on with you today is this idea of, of you call it harmony between body, mind and spirit and this idea of finding inner peace because i know that's especially in today's world that's so important because so many people are like high strung and stressed out and you know just like go 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 hustle culture and we don't get enough of this this harmony of you know body mind spirit and just this this idea of finding inner peace so let's go there and let's start there and what can you share with us about that we live in a world of perceived opposites so perceived opposites do not create harmony. Harmony is from polarity. But when we're looking at the idea of balance, we're saying good and bad, black and white, on and off. And coming from my Far Eastern background training, Uh I, at a very early age, was introduced to meditation. We were talking about that a little bit earlier. And as a first grader, I was taught to sit still. Then soon after, I saw what yoga is. And then after that, my mother started going to yoga class and taking me with her. So I, at an early age, was introduced to these ideas. And throughout my life, I've studied more and more. I've I've been certified in five different yoga schools. Two of them are ashrams lineages. The one that I stay with, which is where I received the name Ambika Devi, is Shivananda Ashram, and I continue to study there. The idea of body, mind, spirit is actually from Sanskrit. The words are translated. Now, we know what yoga is. You probably get an image in your mind of people in tight outfits or maybe loose doing postures and maybe some looks a little Cirque du Soleil, but yoga is for the mind. So there's the mind in the formula. Now, some of us have heard of Ayurveda and I did write about it, an intro in my second book, which is Unfolding Happiness. 
And this is an introduction to Ayurveda, which is for the physical world. So that's actually for the physical body. I know when we see the exercises in yoga, we think it's for the body. That's to get us comfortable to sit still, to meditate so that we can look at the mind. And then Jyotisha. Well, that's the one that hasn't really reached the idea of mainstream yet. Jyota means light. And so this is the science of light. These are three sisters forming Jyotisha for the spirit. Ah, so there's spirit. So we have Ayurveda for the body, yoga for the mind, Jyotisha for the spirit, body, mind, spirit. And these three have been the ultimate path that I continue to go down and study and am drawn to. How can the average person who doesn't have your knowledge uh, or understanding of, of what you just said and yoga in particular, which I could do a whole another show on yoga with you because I have a bunch of questions about yoga. Excellent. But how can the average person, you know, take this idea you just mentioned of body, mind and spirit and find more peace, like more harmony? Should they just sit in silence all day or mm. that it's opposites and it's such a hustle, hustle culture and we're so stressed out and high strung nowadays. Are we going out at, at life all wrong or, or what? what's going on we'll take a quick break from the podcast to hear this special announcement speaking of better health more energy and greater happiness learn to create the life you deserve and desire with my couch to healthy 12-week wellness program in this program you'll learn how to create the mindset needed for better health healthy eating habits proper exercise using the slow easy method to burn fat and some of the best strategies to get and stay motivated. The program is now 50% off for a very limited time. Click on the link in the show notes to learn more. And now, back to our podcast episode, Finding Inner Peace with Ambika Devi. I would never back up and judge people like that. Mm -hmm. you're, you're doing life the best you can. And having been a coach all my adult life, I first help people to understand and become at peace with themselves. You, we have to accept where we are and we have to accept the world around us. And then we must learn to accommodate and adapt. We have no choice, right? So if we're fighting against it, but the first place to begin is don't try and push yourself to become like a monk who can sit for hours and hours in silence like a mountain. No, instead, mm -hmm. how about we just start with three breaths and take a mini break. Just take a moment. You know, those moments before your eyes open, if you can stop yourself before your eyes open in the morning and just have a moment of gratitude or notice that you're breathing and you're alive again, this is, this is, mindfulness when we're taking the mind and notice I said the mind I didn't say your mind because we yogis do not see the mind as interior we see it as external and unified and it does take time to kind of go from our western thought into the idea of eastern thought it's different so be patient uh, on my podcast, which is not an interview podcast like yours, Brad, mm -hmm. but it is audio versions of articles that I post on my blog and also guided meditations. And in there, I've got a very 
short one, less than five minutes. Can you invest less than five minutes is all I ask. Or can you invest three breaths, which is what I'm guiding you to do in that. So really, we just need to stop with a moment of gratitude, stop with a moment of realization of where we are, who we are, or what we perceive we are. Because we've heard the idea, I'm sure you have, of we are spiritual beings having a human experience, I'm right? Very familiar with that. Yeah, I, I adhere to that philosophy a lot. Yeah. And so that means that this is not reality then, right? That it's means this is in some an elusive yeah. kind of situation here. But we're here. We landed here. So we must function within the laws of the land and we must learn to adapt to it. But then we must bring ourselves back to peace, love, and understanding. This is the challenge of dealing with the mind. And the mind loves to give you these waves of sub-vocalization. Mm -hmm. This is what that voice in your head is. And as a meditator, as a yogi, because remember yoga equals meditation, then what we learn to do is back up from all of the senses to withdraw from them and witness what's going on. But first we have to understand what the senses are doing and triggering because we are getting triggered every second, multiple times to make choices and decisions. Yeah, this, I, I, I look at you or I guess I, I sense your, your energy, Ambika, and you it's very much at peace. So a, a lot of what you're describing mm -hmm. and doing this for years uh, is this is this, I guess, practice makes perfect, they say, or repetition or, or doing doing this over and over. I mean, you've, you've been doing this for what, 30, 30 plus years now or something like that? Or, or how long have you almost been? 50? Almost. I mean, if we if I'm 63. So I began when I was six years old, understanding wow. how to sit still quietly, do the math. So I've been doing this a long time. I remember in sixth grade, we had a May Day celebration. I was going to a Quaker school. That's where I learned to sit. And in the May Day celebration, we were on a property that was originally claimed by William Penn in Pennsylvania with a gorgeous ancient grove of pine trees with a natural kind of sloping. So it was where we had all of our big outdoor assemblies and, and celebrations. And on May Day, we did the May Day dance, very pagan, around maypoles, you know, with the ribbons and weaving them. Uh, it was a big deal. And as a first grader, I had a big sister, 12th grader. And we were all in white. And here came all these yogis with, we had an, remember the old, well, maybe you don't remember the <laughs> old, <laughs> <laughs> the old uh, record players that had the horns oh, yeah. on them. You've seen them in movies, everybody. You know, maybe uh, an old Sherlock Holmes movie or something, uh, but with like a megaphone for a speaker. And they were doing yoga, just kind of a yoga flow, like a dance. And I turned to the child next to me and I said, I'm going to do that. I mean, you know, so where does that come from in a sixth grader? We yogis, we talk about it, reincarnation, 
but you thank you for honoring that I've done a lot in this lifetime, but it is thousands of lifetimes of practice. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, uh, uh, cause again, our time is limited here. You, you brought up your book uh, a few minutes ago, this idea of unfolding happiness. Where did that title come from and what do you mean by that? Ah, the title was developed by myself and the co-author. Uh, he, and I would talk about, well, what are we trying to get across in talking about an introduction to Ayurveda, to helping you with your environment and to help you with uh, the introductory steps to meditation and also diet, because Ayurveda does talk a lot about diet less about supplements. I did teach holistic health at the college university level for 21 years. Yeah. So I have a lot to say about that. And I've explored many different versions, traditional uh, oriental medicine, where acupuncture and shiatsu comes from. And I chose to do hands-on rather than with needles as a practitioner. Uh, but I certainly can and herbology, aromatherapy, so many things. But in this particular book, we just wanted to speak to the inner child. So it's actually rated at nine years old and up. Mm -hmm. And it is a really good introduction to changing a lot of thought and environment because our environment is constantly affecting us. Okay. I'm going to take a quick pause from the podcast to ask a favor. If you like what you're listening to, Please share this podcast as far and wide as possible. As well, be sure and hit the subscribe button. The more people that subscribe and listen to the Be Well, Be Safe, Be Happy, Eat Ice Cream podcast, the more lives we can impact. Thanks so much for sharing and subscribing. And now, back to our podcast. Well, so let me, again, this idea of unfolding happiness. So is happiness something that we, that we like try to pursue or something that we become, that we work towards, or is it something that we already are, that we discover within us? That's a great question. It's a birthright. It's already there, but okay. we prevent it and block it because the mind is constantly feeding us information that fools us into not being happy. Ah, okay. Okay. What, what do you mean by that? Like what information is the, like, like when you uh, say everything in this case, you're talking about our thoughts. Mm -hmm. Yes. So we are constantly posed with choices. Okay. We're not realizing many of them. We catch just a tiny, tiny fraction of the sub vocalization in the form of thought. These become spokes in a wheel that loops around oh. and these thought loops can be triggered by any one of these different ideas but they can take us into the spiraling thought loop so to unfold is is like unpacking unpacking your happiness or getting the barriers out of the way and the three pillars of ayurveda which we measure wellness by is the environment. So Ayurveda brings us that. The sleep that you're getting and how you're digesting. And what are we seeing? All these different things bombarding us every day. It's either about a better body or getting sleep or rest or stress or 
environment, my gosh, we are bombarded every day with ideas about things to buy, things to grab. And then the pairs of opposites that I mentioned earlier is really boiling down to, I like it, I don't like it. But equanimity and harmony, when we unpack it, is neither. So It's, it's simply these, witnessing. Yeah, so it's these thoughts you mentioned that are in this, this thought cycle, this spinning wheel cycle, you use that metaphor. This is what's blocking the inner peace, the inner happiness, because it you, you're saying we were, were born with it. It's already there. And and through through I guess culturalization or growing up, whatever, this this becomes blocked. So is this the when people say you peel away the layers of the onion, is this what they're talking about? I'm sure that is what the Western psychology is talking about okay. is peeling and I'm saying yeah. unfolding and I do origami. So on the cover, there's an origami that I folded. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> it kind of, you know, whenever I'm designing a book, uh, because I'm the publisher and, and, uh, and writer, whenever I'm designing a book, I, I get a visual. I, I am one of those people who voraciously loves to learn and create. So I have multiple degrees in different things. And again, you know, back to the pick a lane thing um, that, that we mentioned before about, you know, trying to find what to talk to me about. Right. Uh, we were doing this before the show, everybody. Uh, the thing is, we all have these different facets, but many of us get fooled into this is who you are. This is what you are. This is what you came to be. You you have everything as far as choice. We make choices, millions of them a second. We're not aware of them. You know, are you making a choice for the hairs in your small intestine to move what you ate for breakfast or lunch along? No, but it's happening, right? And then sometimes you might have a flash about something from your past. It's your choice to re-react to it. We know just with pain management, if we're focusing, focusing, focusing on the pain, it exacerbates, right? It, it inflates the idea and it, it hurts more. And from meditation, we've learned, and this is now being used scientifically and in hospitals, okay. bless the hearts of the caretakers that they have clued no, into this, yeah. you know, that when we can teach people to focus on something else, happy thoughts will cancel out negative thoughts every time. So if you're unhappy, if you're in pain, I know it sounds crazy, but if you can push your, your cheeks up with your fingers and make a smile and just go, ha, 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 you will start making yourself laugh. Yeah, this that, is what yeah. laughter yoga does. You know, this is just one of the techniques. And I have looked at so many different ways throughout this lifetime of how to help people calm their relationship with the mind. So now I do speak on stages. And a lot of times the event planners love the idea of the title unfolding happiness. I'm actually going to be addressing nurses later this year and helping them and delivering CEUs to them by teaching them some of these techniques. And I know they're going to be there with their pens wanting to take notes and it's going to be a little bit different. Yeah. Let, let me ask you this because you've got so much experience. I, as, as a health coach, I'm always obsessed with this idea of health and being healthy and being more healthy. I, I'm just curious, what is your definition of health and being healthy? And how do we, how do I, how does anyone get more healthy, I guess? 
Well, this is also the fine line between mm. equivocating health and happiness. Okay. I think culturally, especially in the advertising world, we're trying to equivocate happiness by saying, if you're healthy, you're happy. Right, right. We are, we are. And if you're not healthy, you're not happy. But well, I, sir, you know, a, certainly. Real, real quick, I'm, I'm a perfect example. I was very fit. And a lot of people would argue healthy, but I was not happy at all. I was miserable as part of my story and journey. Yeah. So I, I'm sorry, continue. Yeah, that's a very good point. Oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, but then also, there are people who are suffering uh, with chemicals going into them and being treated for known and named diseases and they they are happy they're content they're at peace so it's acceptance brad of where we're at i do not believe that health must be there you know great health or whatever we're measuring you know uh, a cut and very muscular body or whatever yeah. state with happiness no happiness is there it's what you're reacting to that's creating the state of what you're thinking or you think you're thinking and uh i i don't equivocate that it's are you at peace are you accepting what's going on right now that's how we tap into happiness now i know a lot of people suffer and the buddhists say life is suffering but i think the confusion and that phrase is, therefore, I have to suffer. No, you don't. It's a, It gets a little bit lost in translation for me because I feel that when we can get a grip on acceptance, then we can understand that this is where we are and then we can allow the happiness to come back. Think about when you were a little baby, Brad. Did you ever, you expected everybody to take care of you. This is every little baby that's born. You know, we're born wanting to giggle and wanting to be tickled and cuddled, most of us, and, mm -hmm. and wanting to be, you know, in that happy state. But we have reactions. Again, if you watch babies and little children, they can pitch a total fit, but they can turn it around and it's as if it never existed. We have that ability. This idea of acceptance, I kind of understand what you're talking about. I, I used that word for a long time, and then I switched the word. I read something somewhere in a blog or a book, and instead of using the word acceptance, it used the word okay. Like everything going on, on around me is okay. And for whatever mm -hmm. reason, that, that resonated with me a lot more than acceptance. I, I know, and again, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm judging here a little bit, but so many of us struggle with this idea of acceptance because we've got like, you know, Hurricane Ida, the natural disaster. We've got so many external things going on. Um, how do we, how do we accept when life is bringing, how do we make lemonade when life is giving us lemons, I guess, so to speak? Like, I, I don't want you to think I'm some sort of, you know, happy, go lucky all the time. Nothing's <laughs> ever happened to me. <laughs> right, right. You know, poop hits the fan in everybody's life, people. Right, you right. Know? It definitely does. But if we stay re-reacting, then we're hurting ourselves further. We have to go, okay, this happened. Now it's my opportunity to handle it. And it's my responsibility. What's going on in the mind. 
I, you know, I, I have actually turned clients down who refuse to get off or work on a thought loop. Uh I've said, look, you're not listening. You don't want to. You're so attached to the pain you're creating that, you know, when you're ready to let it go, let me know because I can help you. For anyone listening, I don't know if this will help. I I, I tend to learn and, and hear and read other things, and I often have to translate it uh, for my own mind because, like I said, the word acceptance, it just, for whatever reason, it didn't make sense to me, and then the word okay did. Uh, one thing, I think I'm saying the same thing you're saying, uh, Amnika, and you can, you can correct me, but I always say it's about a, a state of who you are being, and we choose how we show up and choose who we are being, and for me, what's helped a lot about this idea of inner peace is, is a meditation. So morning meditation, I'll focus on being this thing called inner peace, um, just allowing any tension to flow out of my body and just focus on being in this very peaceful state. And then it's, yeah, it's a constant training and conditioning, you know, oh, I'm going to be this inner peace. I'm going to show up as this inner peace and just continuing to like, again, coming from a physical aspect, train that muscle vibration, that inner peace uh, vibration or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Does that make sense? Anything I'm saying? Absolutely. You know, any repetition of the positive and whatever, whatever word works, words create images. Yeah. Whether we really buy that or not, they really do. And we are visual communicators. That's why uh, video has become such a popular way of communicating because we're visual learners and we like all, you know, some of us like certain types of, of uh, sounds or we, we all have likes and dislikes, but to find harmony is removing. And that is a tricky bit. If the word okay works for you, great. I accept, adapt, accommodate. One of my teachers many years ago called it the AAA club. So yeah. that stuck with me and it worked, you know, but if it doesn't work for you, throw it out. You know, whatever, whatever is working for you, use it. That's, we have to understand when it comes to sleep, when it comes to environment, when it comes to what we're eating, because the word diet means what we're putting in us. It's not going on a diet. It's what's in your kitchen. Everything to heal you should be in your kitchen. And when we've got good digestion, how many of us have had maybe a meal that overstuffed or was too rich or was too dry, you know, I mean, or we kind of overdid it with something the night before. How's your digestion the next morning? Not so great, right? Or maybe even that night, maybe that night you were already, well, what did I do? Uh, So we know digestion is a good monitor and then sleep. How many people are struggling with sleep? So many. I created a sleep course uh, to help people because not everybody has the same thing that's causing the issue and not everybody has the thing that's going to help them the same. So we have to understand we're unique individuals. We all start with a particular nature. Uh, a couple of other things I want to dive into in, in our limited time, but real quick, t- tell us about your 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 books, your your courses, your website, all of that. How can we get a hold of you? And for anyone listening, I always put all this information in the show notes also, but but how can people reach you, Amdika? The best way is just my name.com, my website, which is ambikadevi.com, and it's A-M-B-I-K-A-D-E-V-I dot com ambukadevi.com 
Mamlika. And uh, another show we we can dive into the the, the origins of, of the name because that's such a beautiful name. And what what does it translate into in English? Uh, it's it's a name uh, of a goddess. And it was given to me by a Swami when I was living and studying at Shivananda Ashram. They have ashrams all over the world. I live in Florida, so the Bahamas campus is the closest. So I've been there quite often, and I continue to study with Swamis from this organization. I have known about them since I was a little kid, but it wasn't until I moved to Florida. I used to live in Arizona and before there, uh, other places. Uh, but when I began studying there, I really felt at home. And this was the fifth of my yoga certifications. It, uh, it was actually, it was the fourth. The fifth was when I was getting my master's degree in yoga. And I was, I had to take a course from another community that was integrated with the university at the time. Well, well, Ambika, you are a true shining example of what I like to call love, light, health, happiness. Oh. And one of the, the key components I say this podcast is about is this idea of living a happier, healthier, more fulfilled life. What If you were to have one take-home message or one you know piece of advice, right? you know, there's always the advice question or something like that, but what, what would that take-home message to our listeners be today about this idea of being the light of love, health, happiness, or having a life of, of you know, more fulfilled, you know, happier, healthier, more fulfilled life? First, you've got to really get your sleep, your diet, and the things I've spoken, and your environment, uh, right it, you know, yeah. calm and peaceful. Without that, I don't know how you could do it. So you've got to look at the media and everything you're consuming. And then you've got to spend some time with you. You need me time. You've got to go out in nature. You've got to look at the sunrise once in a while. You've got to look at the night sky and get to know what's out there. And then you've got to spend time in front of the mirror talking to yourself into your own eyes. Remember, that's how we communicate. So mm -hmm. if you've Hard got sight, people. if you've got sight, you must use it yeah. because this is powerful. And and if you need help, reach out for it. You know, you can't suffer alone. That That will just create more pain. But what I do to get right is if I if something happens where I feel like I hit a speed bump or a wall, because it happens to all of us, you've got to take time out. You can't keep pushing with mm -hmm. your other things. Now, it's difficult if you've got a lot of responsibilities. Maybe you have children, a family, elderly parents. I mean, I can tell you when I took care of elderly parents, that was so, so stressful, you know? Yes. I'm in Oklahoma now. Yeah, that's that's part of what what brought me here. Uh, you mentioned just a second ago about looking yourself in the mirror. I, I definitely highly recommend that for anyone. That's I, I've had clients actually that have refused to do that. Uh, do that with themselves in the mirror. But uh, what, one last thing I'm curious, I want to ask you, um, because again, you you've lived this lifestyle. You are this lifestyle. You mm -hmm. you by example, you you obviously practice what you preach. You you. <laughs> Hawk, I think is is the expression. Uh, my, my, my question is, and I've been able to do this, and I get asked this sometimes too, is how have you been able to prioritize your wellness and your well-being above pretty much 
everything else because I think a lot of people for them and they, they say that health and well-being is a priority but if you look at the way they live their life it's like number eight or nine especially when it comes to things the two things you mentioned sleep and diet uh, how have you been able to make this a priority and a way of life it, it's, it just is Brad I wish I could just give you a single sentence or three as a formula but I was fortunate enough to have parents that supported me in great education and creativity. They, they never tried to squelch it. And I, that was a huge gift. And then I, I just always believed in myself. I, I didn't let other people tell me what to be or what to do, even though I was good at things like say in high school, I, I was on my way towards theoretical physics and took a 180 or maybe it was a left or a right. I don't know, but I decided to go to art school. Well, that has, you know, if you, if you looked at just that, that could, you know, drive teachers crazy. And uh, I started being in business for myself at age 14. I grew up around horses and I taught horseback riding and I got my first external job at a theater as an usher. So, you know, I had two jobs when I was a little kid, as soon as I could work. And I just always believed in myself. Now, I, I realize with the, the people who think pick a lane and you should only do this one thing. I look like a hot mess probably to them. Ah. But, you know, so what? I believe in myself. This is what makes me happy. I don't like to get up at the same time every day. Don't think I'm regimented. regimented. Yes, sometimes I get up before the sun comes up and I can sit in meditation for two hours. And some days it might be three breaths. It just depends. I truly go with the flow of what I'm feeling and most people don't. So, uh, you know, now here I am in my sixties with the world economy, I'm still working very actively because, you know, I still have a mortgage and things that are real responsibilities in the current society, but I've always, uh, look, I was raised by pacifists. I was taught at an early age, shoot pictures, not guns. Hey, that's paying off on social media now, (laughs) you know? And though I may not agree with what's going on in the world, I accept it and I don't give up my mission, which is to spread love, to spread peace and to help people in any way I can. My mission is to help people unfold their happiness and to tap into it again with whichever avenue they feel they want or that I can identify and suggest that would help them. And I can see also part of, um, for anyone listening, that this philosophy you talk about, the three A's, accept, accommodate, and adapt, you have completely embraced that philosophy. So anyone listening, I think part of the answer to my question for you, um, because you've embraced a philosophy, a way of life of accept, accommodate, and adapt. So maybe that's one key for anyone listening is to have a philosophy for a way of life and embrace that philosophy. Uh, I just want to say real quick again to that question, because I struggled with this too, this idea of, you know, how do you live a happier, healthier, more fulfilled life? I went from who the transformation, who I was, this really overweight, lethargic couch potato, really depressed, low self-esteem, 
I said, this is who I don't want to be. Okay, let's create a vision of who I do want to be. Oh, I want to be fit, healthy, smiling, happy, have this inner peace. So I've worked really hard over the years to become that, that I call it my point B, that that higher vision of me. So if you are listening, it's it's where you are and having that higher vision of who you want to be and embracing uh, like you have done uh, on because of this, this, this philosophy, this way of life of for you, except to accommodate and adapt. Um, well, Ambika, I hate to do this. This is this is the end of the show here, and we need to begin wrapping things up. I just want to give you one final chance to say anything else that you may not have already said before we sign off here. The thing that I want to urge you to do, everybody, is be okay with asking for help and be okay with saying no thank you. One of the biggest stumbling blocks I see in my clients is when they know something's hurting them and they still continue to try and get it instead of saying, you know what, I'm done with that. No, thank you. Or when you identify it, but then you you maybe turn that off, but then you manifest it again. So manifestation is, is a big part of it. Realizing that what we desire looks shiny and new, but then when we get it, it's not so exciting after a while. So set your priorities of in this order, health first, health is first, then family, then career. If you can at least begin with that, you will become a lot more happy. And then when you, when you need me, I'm here for you. I would love to help you. Yeah. And again, for anyone listening, I will put contact information and show notes and and all of that, or excuse me, contact information in the show notes uh, for you to reach Amika. Amika, it has been a true pleasure. Thank you very much for being here today. This is wonderful. We'll definitely have you back and go on all these other topics. And we could probably talk a lot off camera too about a lot of this. Uh, Again, for the listener, I want to say thank you very much. And if you have listened here all the way to the end, I'd like to say thank you and always offer you a free gift. So DM me the word of the show, which for today will be yoga, Y-O-G-A, DM me that word, and I will send you for free my 24-day walking for health program. People always ask me, well, what do I do to stay fit, happy, and healthy? It's I put it all in this program. It's called 24 Days Walking for Health. I made a walking version of it because uh, I know a lot of people prefer walking uh, versus what I do more of a trail running. But DM me the word yoga and that program is yours for free. It's got thousands of dollars worth of research and development in it and it's yours for free. And also, if you are listening, please hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave me that five-star review. I would sure appreciate it. And until next time, this is Coach Brad saying be well, be safe, be happy, eat ice cream, take care everyone. We'll see you next time. This has been a production of the Be Well, Be Safe, Be Happy, Eat Ice Cream podcast. For more information on how you can work with me, my products and books, including my all-new book, The Slow Easy, A Beginner's 12-Week Guide for Getting Fit and Healthy and Running Your First 5K, visit my website at www.trainingwithcoachbrad.com. This book introduces a whole new method to being fit and healthy, something I call The Slow Easy. Be sure and look for that. You can also find all of my social media handles there, trainingwithcoachbrad.com. And remember, if you like what you have heard, please pay it forward by hitting the subscribe button, sharing this with a friend, and leaving me a five-star review.